Call me boys, my gang, though Fetty cash, my name, ho Four inch, switch lanes, though Watch what you say, though All about my bank, ho Honchos and pesos Spot them in plain clothes Trapped out the band, though Revolvers don't jam, though Rubber grip on that hand, though Wax you, no candle Spanish bitch in her sandals Yeah, I ain't tryna wipe you, baby girl I got a plan, you be my boo thing Yeah, I, I be in the kitchen Whipping two things, yeah like I'm looking, yeah, look Every time she see me make her moves, yeah, look She wanna get freaky, wanna do things, yeah I creep up in her window like I'm Bruce Wayne, yeah Your body like a foreign Roger Curry, yeah This ain't the A, I'm tryna get dirty, yeah Like Master P, I'm bout it, I'm bout it, yeah Come hop on and ride like you go hard, no <laughs> what happened? A nigga definitely got me when we was talking about finessing with one of them little uh they put the ball down and they they it go under like each one of them and you gotta pick where the ball at. Mm-hmm. Nigga killed me. I was in foot locker. I, this was not like and I might have been like 15, 15 oh, years. Man, I was really young. Man, I might have been older than that, but I don't know. It was my cousin with me and my guy <laughs> scoops, man. And this nigga, <laughs> and this nigga was doing it in the footlock, and you know you pick it. And I'm like, oh okay, picked it twice. And of course, this is all part of the shuck. There's another nigga in there with him. That nigga <laughs> picked it. Ah, oh, he didn't get it. Nigga picked. Ah, oh, he didn't get it. I didn't even know they was together. <sighs> and I said, oh yeah, like give me, let me try it. Shit, this nigga dumb. He don't know what he doing. All the know. All the while, I'm the goddamn dumb. <laughs> These <laughs> niggas running the finesse on me. And uh, I lost about two, anywhere between two and three hundred dollars. I know, man. I How'd you even get check. up that high? Man, I missed it the first time. Double or nothing. It's like you miss it the first time. You're like, nah, you shucking. All right, I'll give you a chance to make your money back, little bro, man. Like, just pay attention, man. Just make sure you're watching. It's uh, real easy to do, bro. Just to make sure you're watching it, man. I'm telling you, man, you'll be able to figure this shit out. Like he on your side. <laughs> yeah, like you, like you rooting for me, nigga. Fuck you. That's crazy, dude. I, absolutely, man. I had to borrow some money to pay that man right now, man. Oh, shout man. out to my guy, Scoops, man. Hey, shout out to yeah, Scoops. I, bet, I know he remember that. He listened. He asked me about the show the other day, man. Asked me how we was doing. So shout out to him. That's a hey, story about. All right, man. Shout out to him, man. Absolutely, man. If you you know why you're here, we glad to be back. Couple weeks off coming into the new year, 2023's version of another week in the books i am spike lou mo what up what up 223s two michael jordans nigga i like it goats in the building yes sir how your new year go man what was up with you for your holidays and stuff everything we we had a blackout period over here so fill me in man what's going on with you uh christmas pretty regular regular uh, baby girl she got her gifts and she enjoyed it and she's using them and mm-hmm. and that's all you could ever hope for, you know. Like facts, facts. I'm, 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 I'm real big on utilizing what I buy you. You know what I mean? If if I buy it, you know what I mean, or if anybody buy it, really, like, but like, if if I buy it, like, and I know that's like your steez, I'm big on you using it. <laughs> you yeah. don't, like, don't like you, you, why you ain't wear that shirt I got you? Or some oh, shit like that. at least just, just <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, because I, I just one time, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that, I, I'm big on that. 
I could tell. Hey, that, that makes sense with your personality because you like like if I took time out to present this to you, I studied you. You seem like the type to try to get oh, yeah. efficient, efficient gifts. Like yeah. you see a nigga that needs something. That makes sense though. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my holidays was cool, man. Um, I was a part of that Southwest debacle. I didn't get to travel like I usually do. Oh. All those flights got canceled. So uh, I was gonna go to Miami, but that got uh, rained out. So that was a no go. Mm-hmm. However, I did have a good New Year's, man. I got to spend it with my homeboys uh, that came down here. He and his lady had a uh, a New Year's Eve house party, which is the best way to go. Go okay. get you something to eat, go chill with some friends or something for the New Year's. That's amateur night if you go into the clubs. Like that's when you get finessed. Oh, yeah. We just talking about finessing uh, yeah. two hundred at the door. Even the <laughs> restaurants here in Atlanta have taken part in it. We tried to book a couple places just to go grab some food. They're like, yeah, tonight we're doing a two hundred and fifty dollar cover charge. Like, for what? For t- to eat? Yeah, like yeah. Then you still got to pay for the food. This is just to reserve the spot. So I'm like, no, we're cool on that. That makes, like I said, New Year's Eve is amateur. Well, what what did you do? You out your money. What did you do for the meal? Another spot. We booked another spot. We went to this spot here. It was a toppers bar, man. It was pretty cool. It was black owned. Food was decent. It was decent. It wasn't mm-hmm. great. We tried okay. to get in this other spot that me and my guy, you know Nick. Yeah. Me and my guy Nick went to this soul food restaurant. Here's a here's a plug for them. It's called Twisted Soul down here in Atlanta. Mm. Might have been the best thing I ever ate, Pauls, when I went there. It was like a it was like a piece of pasta that was rolled up like lasagna. So it was like layered mm. like lasagna, but it was one single piece. Oh, I like those. Yeah. Of, yeah, instead of beef though, it had short rib in there. It was like some <laughs> Creamy tomato sauce and ricotta, man. That shit. Was, I'm going back this weekend. Right, that's twisted. To get it again, man. That shit was fire. Well, I'm gonna take a picture so y'all can see it on my. For head. sure. That shit was, ugh, God damn. But that's enough of that, man. We back. We took two weeks off. We gonna have a strong year here in another week in the books. I feel good about where we going with everything, Mo. How we usually kick this thing mm-hmm. off? If you didn't have any other holiday talk. Nah, I mean New Year's. I was barely hanging on. I was like out of there. Barely so, hanging on. Yeah, so it wasn't even. I'm old man. Kicking now. with some people. Oh, okay, you got out of there. Well, I don't you know nobody. Yeah, like gosh, I, well, I don't know gosh. nobody yet. So that's that's the journey of the Mari's Hunt story at the moment. That's gonna be fun for you though, because I know I was down. I was in Atlanta like that for a while. None of my friends were down here. Uh, I've met some of my closest friends now within wow. the last 10 years that I've been here. Shout out my guy Derb and Daniel and Nick and my mm. barber keep me up. I've met a lot of people since I've been here, man. Okay. I don't ever have a problem meeting friends, though. I think that's the only child thing. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot yep. of sense, actually. Okay. Absolutely. So let's kick this off. Off-deck questions. Of course, the On Deck TV podcast, too, has been on in hiatus. Shout out my guy Animal Brown. Mm-hmm. We will be back next Wednesday with brand new episodes Ready to fill you guys in on the Southern Hip Hop perspective for the year. Mm-hmm. The off deck segment of another week in the books, though, is when Mo takes something from the On Deck TV podcast and he shoots it over to me so we can discuss it here at another week in the books. Also, if you want to do the same, shoot us an email, AWITB2022. You can present your own off deck questions. You can be a part of the show, the conversation. Mo. What's off deck this week, bro? First and foremost, like I listened to the episode, and I mean I listened to it in real time when it was it, it, in existence. I think I said what 2017 or yeah 2017. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all niggas was cooking, bro. <laughs> like that that Thank banter you. that it, it was yeah. crazy because it brought me back to 
what was like some of those those pivotal moments of listening to y'all where like yo this back and forth thing that they have it was so fire dang like when i heard it because i was like i don't know i'm listening to this throwback I, I already heard it but i was like you know what bump it let's go and so i was listening to it, I, you know it's been so long i'm like man these niggas was really like because it was like the layering you know we talked about it on the last episode of, of this is like the the layering of the jokes within the content within the you know the narrative that's being created between you two right. as you yourself and then the the caricatures of what you present on the podcast so it was dope i i, I was cooking uh but Appreciate what episode was it i ain't even what, what episode was it uh it, it it was uh 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 overlooked or underrated debut albums Oh yes, I remember that. That was yeah. Fun. yeah I was talking about the oh, Dolph and Gotti situation, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Black Youngster, rest in peace, Dolph. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Dolph. Man. But man, y'all was y'all bantered. It was the, the funniest part though. We was talking about Dreezy, dude. <laughs> and then you kept going getting on this top about rompers. That's how that's how far back that was, bro. You kept saying you got the romp him on the romp him. <laughs> I was like, y'all, wild man. <laughs> So yeah, that's that was funny, man. Going yeah. to listen to those quick hits, quick hits from back in the day. I always see how news and time has progressed, and you know, even like you said, the banter is fun. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. did you come up with that from that? But yeah, I said so with uh, that w- this week's episode that y'all did being a throwback. Are there any shows or movies that you think could be brought back or possibly even better in today's era than they were back then? And we've seen some examples like Fuller House. Uh, Bel Air, yep. Cobra Kai, uh, so on and so forth, and, and if not television, any hip hop content that could be brought back. Uh, in your personal opinion, you can just throw some stuff out there. Just that's that's a really good question, and I've kind of been observant of a couple of things in the creation space. In the throwback question right here that you asked, I went to go see Avatar uh, during oh. the break. Long ass movie. You bro. into that? Jeez, uh, I did a review for uh, Frames oh, Per Second. Gotcha. We did a live review for Avatar, so I went to go see it and check it out. But yeah, I liked the first one. Okay. I wouldn't say I'm into it. It wasn't as good as like a three-hour Game of Thrones movie would be or some shit like that. Okay. But I do say that to say the repurposing of older franchise, I feel like now is getting lazy. I feel okay. like now because we're familiar with those names and it's not as hard to get new generations to pick up on stuff of nostalgia mm-hmm. that they just being lazy and just re-rolling everything mm-hmm. like one of my favorite parts of movies and the reason i brought up avatar is like the previews you go in there you know you're watching the previews and all the previews bro was shit that like I, you like seeing new shit like oh man what is that gonna be about what is it gonna be it was a mario movie mario brothers it was um a Barbie movie, mm-hmm. um, and it was one more remake. Like all every big movie that you see nowadays is something of a franchise, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I would love for it to get back in that bag. We got original creations, like mm-hmm. when Friday was original, like when Boys in the Hood was original. Continuously telling stories, especially for us, because mm-hmm. a whole lot of black stories that can be told. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about movies and TV shows, even though I've enjoyed The Best Man and I've enjoyed some of the remakes, I would like to see us get back in that bag of like Atlanta, what Donald Glover did. New, I'm testing the waters. You might like it, you might not. Fuck it. It ain't for everybody, but I'm doing some new creative shit. Mm-hmm. That being said, in the hip hop space, what I would love to see come back, and I'm not sure if you were consuming music as much as I was in this era, 
But when niggas used to do the mixtapes and they were rapping over others people beat, like Wayne used to do. Yeah. Like when Wayne would do those squads or he did the droughts or whatever. Yeah. I would fucking love to see that comeback. Okay. Like out of nowhere, if I if Cole just hopped on the hottest beats in the game and just dropped that on your head, like it's a dead piff shit. Man, if, if if Kendrick Lamar did that, just like oh. I'm gonna show y'all what I could do with these niggas beats, just Duh. just cause. Yeah, but man. If, if rap if rap got back to that and niggas just started murdering other niggas beats, Meek Mill tried to do it, but he did. Like I ain't really a Meek. DC was that DC Five. Uh yeah, that last one that he put out that he made was flamers, doing flamers. Yeah, that, it was on other people's beats. But I would love to see people get back in that bag like that, bro. bro. Yeah, that was a time to be alive when Wayne used to just like you knew if yeah. Wayne was on there's a good chance that your song is gone. It's my song now, nigga. Do you do you think so, Wayne Wayne elevated it? Do you think he killed it as well? He did. Yeah. Possibly, bro. Possibly, because yeah. nobody could do it better than he was doing that. Well, shit. I think that, he. But I was gonna say what I mean. Killed it as far as like he oversaturated it. Now it's not cool. Too much of it. Like when he started going from the the droughts to the no ceilings, and then the dedications, and then the, those later dedication and no ceilings that he did after. Like you know, then I start like okay, he's od doing too much. Now. You od on it now, bro. I love to see someone do it creatively, man. Even like some old, like if Cameron did that shit, like for okay. back in the day, shit. Like, what about I would T.I.? Love to see that. Yes, absolutely. You know that's my favorite rapper. Yeah, so man. yes, absolutely. I love to see T.I. What about you? Anybody you would love to see do that? And what I, would you have? I, I'm definitely going first. I got to go. Definitely J Cole. And the reason J Cole, not for the typical reason, but when he did the freestyle at L.A. Leakers and he rapped over that uh, uh, into infinite till infinity, and then he rapped on uh, you know, still tipping. I said, like, ooh, I could use a whole tape of this right here. Mm-hmm. He was cooking, bro. I was like, oh, I need it. So I'm I would be here for that. Or I even be here for a <laughs> I'm gonna cook here. DJ Cali versus DJ Drama. And mm-hmm. they bring artists that they're affiliated with and they rap mm-hmm. over the opposite artist's beat. So if you got mm-hmm. like, you know, drum with Wayne, he brings in like Wayne and uh, Meek, you know, some of the DC, you know, all of the series that he has with certain people that Cali can bring in, like, like the little babies and stuff, and then like they can have like the in between skits, like how Wayne did the dedication skits, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like have that like kind of talking like a mixtape like that, or like, like a mixtape, like, like well, yeah, like a mixtape like that, like even if it could be a promo mixtape for the verses, I'm even here for that. Like, yo, let's get about you know seven artists a piece. Let's do a promo for the verses. I think that's what verses is missing too. Like that type of promo is organic and it, it could be dope. Yeah, y'all cut the check, man. Over here another week in the books. But uh I do agree with you. Like, I think things are oversaturated, even the music, like uh, you know, when I heard, you know, it's so many like what that somebody, I think it's uh what's his name? Uh Moneybag, yo, he lit like that that sunshine song. Like, it's the sunshine. little flip song. Oh okay. My son, I yeah. call you. It's literally the same. It ain't even. They ain't even changing it, bro. Really? Like it's the same. Like there's a different chick singing it, but it's the same hook. I'm. I'm. You know how mad I am because me and my when we was rapping, I was like we were rapping over other people beats and flipping the hooks, and I'm like now that's hot, but we were like twelve years too early, and now like that's uh-huh, the norm. Uh-huh. It's like it's the thing to do. That's the main yeah. thing. Hey, yeah. In music too, that's what they're yeah, doing. Like it's, said, now, re- it's, flipping them R and B songs and reflipping the old. Very lazy. Too. It's very lazy yeah. to me. It's like you're you're you want me to respect 
you know what's already been established you know what i'm saying and most times it's a sample of another sample um i but, think it got a lot to do with our culture now too everybody wants shit so quickly so people are scared to mm-hmm. fail fail one because mm-hmm. they feel like everybody's looking but people are also scared to try new shit because they don't know if new shit will work if i try and do this tested proven thing mm-hmm. then it's a hot, lot more likely that i'm going to be successful so it's mm-hmm. it's it's stifling us of our creativity in my I, opinion i think also bro i think honestly the advancement of technology i think the advancement of tech and we can have a that'll be episode in itself technology like the advancement of technology has took the mystique out of life mm. to me tell me more what so so not knowing what this country looks like not knowing like to travel here and see what it looks like you might get a postcard or you might see a commercial hey you can get a trip now for the bahamas and stuff but like now it's like bro you can see all these different countries within the scroll of your timeline like you can you can get so connected to things across the world in a matter of you know 15 minutes of scrolling through your instagram or pulling up youtube or going and doing even now we're looking at houses you do a virtual tour of the house you don't even have to leave your house you can literally go in 3d mode and look at so the mystique that we had in the 90s and prior of i wonder what this would be like or what it is it's like oh i don't have to wonder it's right here so now i feel like that that plays a part in a lot of this weird shit going on too because people are bored because you're experiencing everything at a high level so quickly everything is right there so fast like nothing there's you don't have to really work to figure out things like you used to so there's no adventure so i i feel like I'm going way around the point of why things are not new. I think that's a part of it. So it's like, it's so hard to try to come up with something new because of the advancement. I'm going to go to something that's old and familiar and put my spin on it. That's, that's, that's my belief. Uh, and we can have a deeper conversation. Cause I've been thinking about this for a while, actually. Like, cause I think it plays a lot into like depression and hope and a lot of certain things that I think about, I think because the advancement of things just so fast is right there it's like oh like back in the day like you remember a nigga could tell you a story and you don't you can't research and find out the facts (laughs) like but you love to hear it's like man i'm telling you bro i I swear cuz back in the day it was this and then somebody somebody can look it up and be like nah bro actually that didn't that didn't actually happen like they, they said that it was a rumor or something but like so the mystique just in some smallest somebody og or somebody in the barbershop telling you a story back then like it's gone now mm. because you can research okay it. i knew it i see what you're saying yeah like, people are a lot more skeptical now like it'll be a nigga that telling the story and the nigga will google it and be like no bro this this is what happened really like yeah yeah, yeah i see that the special and everybody and everybody wants to be that person too mm-hmm. like everybody wants to be the person that's like i thought no he ain't right i got you he wrong he wrong or yep. as they put it this you like this twitter famously does oh, oh this yeah? you this you saying it uh, like you're some people to say something and they'll hit them with the oh but you was just saying this so nobody <laughs> wants to get this you so they yeah. just keep it cool it makes sense to me i understand that at all okay yeah that's, that's put, i'm gonna put that on i'm gonna put that on uh, i'm gonna put that on our dock if you're down for uh, talking about that like technology and like you know all that absolutely absolutely um, but just to throw it in before we move in i, I was gonna say um this is super left field but hey my 90s baby know what time time it is i think uh the the lion king series i think <laughs> i think mm. they could do a prequel movie with mufasa and scar like the upbringing of you know scar was once a good lion you know kid like uh you know a, a, that'd like be a, a cool 
Yeah, like no, don't give me no real, don't give me no real version. Give me the cartoon animated. Give me the classic Disney feel. But let's get this how Mufasa and Scar became at odds. How did the rise to the king, king, you know what I mean? Maybe Scar was was once on a path and he did something shady. I I thought about this really deep, but I think like a a prequel to Lion King, I think, could really work. And watch, two two years from now, it's going to be a prequel coming out. Is Is that your favorite Disney movie? Dang. Toy Story's it's gotta up there. be. Toy Story's really say, up me, there. Me, it's the Lion King of Toy Story. That Toy Story is real I'm, good, you know, bro. I was at the tail end of Disney, so I ain't really good to see. I wasn't really into it that much, but did, that Toy Story is fire. Man, Even still. The undertone of it for adults is fire. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, that's, now, that's just one. Yep. Over the holidays, did you consume any other content? Like, did you watch that Best Man series, anything like that? <laughs> I didn't. That seems like it's right up your alley. <laughs> it is up my alley. I haven't yet. I still haven't. It's, the premise is decent. Like they going, they on vacation. I saw somebody put on Twitter. It, it shows how money doesn't solve successful black people's problems. Okay. Because everybody there is kind of well off, but they're still dealing with shit. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a good perspective. I've only watched the first two episodes. I'm proud of you for it's, doing that. Okay. Yeah, it's just okay. Because I know, I I'm know trying. you wouldn't have. I know you wouldn't have yeah. never. I'm I have proud a, of you. Okay. Growth. <laughs> I, I Gross. got a review coming up. That's all. Oh, I should have known. Never mind. I take that back. <laughs> it's it's he's on the job. I, I could have job. But you're on the job now. You you you're part yeah. of another crew, and you you know you got opportunity here. So, you know. Mm-hmm. But I still give you growth, though. I still appreciate, appreciate that. that. I definitely appreciate that. What you have coming in? How'd you come up with this topic? What we our main discussion point is mm-hmm. sensitivity this week. Yes. What was yeah. on your mind that made you come up with that? Do you mind if I get into my thoughts? Because that's kind of a part of the foundation of this. Okay, so, yours, brother? so sensitivity. I think it was. It's we've alluded to this for a while, and it just kind of hit me. I was at work, and I was like, "Man, I was thinking about. I was like, what can we speak speak on uh, this week?" And I kind of was pondering it. Now I'm on Instagram, and I'm on. If you haven't already, go follow Good Earners. Good earner pod underscore Sopranos for for the for your fix. I'm on that page. I'm following another a few Soprano meme pages, and the scene that pops up is when Tony uh, meets Noah, which is his daughter's boyfriend. Who's, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite. Oh yes. So he's going through. Homes. You know, Tony goes through the whole thing of like, hey, you know, basically Tony's trying to say, what's your ethnicity? And so he he wasn't picking up on what he was saying. He said, "Okay, I'm Tony. I'm Italian. You." <laughs> he was like, "Oh, you know you." Yeah. So he's African American. So he's like a uh, charcoal baguette, uh, Hasidic homeboy. Uh, like so, I even named the TikTok page charcoal baguette Ooh. because of that. But anyway, um, so then I, I I so I comment. I'm not really a I, I'll comment most time. I might put some flames or like, man, that's hilarious. So I just put on there. Man, this scene is still hilarious to me. Go about my business. Whatever. Still making posts. Next thing you know, I look randomly hours later. I'm tagged in something. Mm-hmm. Somebody says, what's funny about this? Black dude. Mm-hmm. Mind you, y'all, on this Instagram page, I have a black character as the, the profile picture. Mm-hmm. So if I'm black... And I find this funny. What are you being sensitive about? 
then mm. I'm like, all right, whatever. I ain't gonna reply because I'm not gonna get in an argument. I've done that once, like on YouTube, and it was probably like, I'm, I'm gonna get on out of there. I leave it alone, whatever. I go on there again. I'm tagged again. Somebody else comes in there and says, hey, God loves us all equally. <laughs> and so, and then I think it was like a third person, but I don't even remember by that point. So I ended up taking my comment out of there because I was like, I'm not going to continue to be stuck in here. So this is what is built up this sensitivity thing, bro. That bothered so, you that they said that? It it just <laughs> why do you think you need to come in here in the comment section? I ain't even it's it's one thing to get uh, an opinion off or a hot take or like were well, you coming in saying something making a statement like it's law bro I'm just talking about this is hilarious and I seen dude right, in some right. other people's comments right and right. I, I just was like bro how sensitive are you bro it's a TV show that came out in the 90s my nigga like why are you so butthurt about this joke <laughs> it's a joke bro Wait, so did you respond to him? No. No, because I didn't want to go back and forth online because I got better things to do. Really, honestly, I do. Than to go back and forth to say, bro, relax. It's a joke. I get what you're saying. I do. Can I challenge you a little bit, though? Go for it. That's what this show is about. All right. Because I, I too, I I have similar feelings that I, I, I used to be before therapy and growth like what you're saying. What I found that helps me, though, is asking another question, because maybe I don't understand (laughs) what you're saying. So I want you to be really fucking clear with me before I get offended. And that helps me because most of the time when you do ask another question and you put the spotlight on people and they know they sound like a fucking asshole Mm -hmm. or they just misconstrued what you were saying. You can get to the bottom of it. You're like, oh, okay. We just misunderstood each other. That's why I asked you, did you respond to him? Mm-hmm. So while I understand what you're saying, he probably has no context of the Sopranos. That's what That would have been my question. Like, first of all, have you seen this? Oh, you have? And you don't think this is funny? Because it's, this is the running. You're talking about narratives throughout. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking about on day. That's a running narrative throughout the show. Like, mm-hmm. they're racist. How Italians treat black people. Mm-hmm. Like, is it cringeworthy for us as black people and fans of the show? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. However, it's a realistic part of the Italian culture that we're right. looking at. Yeah. So why would I be offended by that? Why can't right. I laugh at that? Mm-hmm. I think that's some people's problem sometimes, how they're uncomfortable with us as black people, because they don't never know what to say, what's offensive to us, mm-hmm. or what we're going to be hypersensitive about. Mm-hmm. And one way to curtail that, I feel like as black people, like, well, let me ask you something else. Since you said that, let mm-hmm. me, I got one more question for you. Mm-hmm. Continuing that conversation and being able to communicate before we get frustrated, before we get pissed off, before we make the assumption that you're trying to slight us. I feel like that's a, a big key amongst us as African-American males to start learning how to do that. Let me ask just one more question before mm-hmm. I knock your head off. My <laughs> just so one you, more. So, so you more so like, let me make you look dumb by making yes, you uh, there it respond go. on your own. You picking up, you picking up what I'm putting down. 
Okay. And I'm most of that. the time, I'm gonna start doing that to people. <laughs> and, and and you may not have the same. We have similar personalities. I think that's why this show works. So how we're getting to know each other. Okay. Most of the time, you're gonna get more satisfaction from making them sound dumb <laughs> like that from asking that additional question than you would taking their head off and getting mad. Because okay. then they get the realization of how dumb they are. Then okay. they got they gotta have the aha moment. And you're like, bitch, I got you. So and so that's, that's, that's probably why people look at me and think that I'm trying to be smart <laughs> well, i got yeah. a reputation of oh you think he just think you know every goddamn thing right I'm just asking questions my nigga. so so let, let's just play this out so i okay. say he says what's funny about this so i i right. respond and say have you ever seen this show before you ever watched the sopranos you ever, you yeah, ever watched seen it? It. I, yeah i, I yeah i've I, seen I, it I, I didn't think it was funny from what's there what, what, what do i go from there we have we have two different personalities thanks brother i'll holler at you later <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have two different. Our sense of humors are different. You are you a Sopranos fan? Okay, cool. Nice to meet you. Our our uh, it's not personalities. Is what I'm trying to say. Our sense of humors are different. Okay, I ain't got to get offended or nothing by it. Mm-hmm. I'm moving on with my life and leaving my comment there. I'm gonna try. However, to... it's just a suggestion, though. I'm not no, saying no, 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 no. I like. I actually like this. This is why the I show. I figured you would. This this is why the show works because. But two, also, it's not just being petty. What it does for you, because mm-hmm. we're talking about self-help here, beyond that and the depth of it, it helps you be a better communicator. It helps you think more. Mm-hmm. It helps you understand what you're sensitive about. Of course, I learned this in therapy. Mm-hmm. So it, it helps you understand, why did I? Why was that my reaction to what they said? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you another question so I can get some more clarity. It helps you think through stuff better. Because you yeah. have to stay level-headed if you're asking somebody a question and you respect in a legitimate response. Mm-hmm. So you have to phrase in a way where you seem like you've given it some thoughts. So like, let me ask you then. Mm-hmm. That way, you become less frustrated. Try you know, it out there, y'all. You know, I, I guess because it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. And it don't. And this is what I people don't, like you. I don't know you. I don't owe you that, Okay, and that's too. That's that too. Challenge. I was just it's about like, to say. So if I do this, I've kind of made is, you. A little more important in right. my that, my mind than you really play ever. That was the end of it too. That it's it depends on how much you value this interaction okay. and what you're gonna do and get out of this. Okay. If it ain't an interaction that you value and it means shit to you, you're right. I ain't okay. even got fuck. Let me let me delete it. I don't care nothing about none of you people or what you're saying. Mm-hmm, However, if it's a high level conversation that you value, before assuming, just let me ask you something. One more thing. Let me ask you something else then. Okay. Just make them think about it more too. Okay. I, I like that. I, I I hope Spike and and maybe if you haven't, maybe this year you will. But I hope when we leave these shows, I mm. hope because I know me, this happens. I'll think of, it'll be something you said. Mm-hmm. And it'll just pop up in my regular thinking. I just think about it. I say, that's funny. Spike said something about this or damn. That's kind of interesting. Spike was saying the same thing or hmm. I, now I kind of see where he's coming from So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm having that same effect on you But I'm hoping in this year Having that same thing Because I told you about the dancer thing Like now <laughs> Now I see somebody killing it On this other video But <laughs> and it was somebody dancing And I just thought about <laughs> Spike I was like Now I, I, I can't so take on his energy of <laughs> This nigga dance, you corny ass. Yeah, like so much sustain from yeah, me. like that. Because I'm thinking about you, like the Joe Budden. You know the Joe Budden meme, the little turn around with the mean face. <laughs> like, I think about you every time, bro. I was like the, the this dang face. But if I get married, I don't know how I'm gonna get away with it at my wedding. Because I really just I don't know how I'm gonna do. What like what? 
Put what the on? dance, the the whole dance thing. The, I mean, you could get your get your old man two step on. I'm joking. I was just oh okay. I don't. I, I was don't, just I really don't know. Was, oh okay. no. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, that's what okay. I value. That's what this show is for. Hopefully, everybody listening does that with each yeah. other. Like that's yeah. what you said. Like you said, that's something that I said. Mm-hmm. And even when people, one of the more just as valuable in that same vein. One of the great things about doing this show and the topics that we cover, people will hit me up throughout the week and they'll be like, hey, I like how you guys went about it. Did you ever think about it this way? Like offering their perspectives as well, too, or kind of maybe missing on the spot or if it's something that you and I disagree on, someone who I know better may call and be like, man, well, this is really what I think that he was trying to say. And me knowing you, Lou, maybe... If I it said this way, you would not come to a better realization about maybe something you said or something. But yeah, that's what I appreciate most of the outside conversations. And that's what we're doing this show for. So we can elevate the thinking, elevate the conversations. And when you are having those moments, you're like, you know what? Lou and, Sp- Lou and Mo was talking about that. Mm. Let, me, let me ask this nigga another question before I knock his head off. Well, let me ask my girl. <laughs> exactly. Let me ask my exactly. girl one more question before we get into this big ass argument. Yeah. Let me make sure I understand her. So, absolutely, man. I like it. To your point, though, I, I and the reason that I asked, I realized I didn't at first. I realized how sensitive I was within the last maybe a lot when I stopped drinking. But we, clearly, within the last three, four years, I didn't realize that I was as sensitive until I started going to therapy and start. Like I just said, asking additional questions and wondering why shit made me feel that way. But I'm I'm a really sensitive person. But I internalize it though. Like it's like, oh, okay, I got you. It's, it's like a check note for me. Okay, hold like on. it ain't you, like you about I'm to, hold on. You about to cook. You, you about to cook. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> hold on, bro. Cause you about to yeah. ju- Cause I feel like you about to go there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I, I did want to ask you something else before we before sure. we get to that part. And okay. It's not that heavy. I this is just your response. The other no, day, I, we, well, I wasn't gonna go into this topic. I was just gonna say oh, that I was yeah. definitely sensitive. So you can go to the questions because I got one for you before we get deep into it. Okay. So another, just one of my things that I was thinking about. I, I seen a post uh, that, of yours that you posted from Madi Woodard, and so yeah. the the post was if we if we're gonna break some generational curses on the financial mm-hmm. side. We must do the same on the social, emotional, spiritual side as well. Time to elevate the culture. And then, of course, catch y'all in the comments. My question, Spike, to you is, do we put too much on ourselves? Because this is a thing that is a battle. And we talk about balance, too. It's a battle for me. And I'm curious to see what you think. Uh do you think we put too much on ourselves? Because you're saying like, when we say breaking generational curses, we're one individual attached to the generation of our bloodline, right? Right. Right. When we say we're going to break these financial curses. We're going to break these emotional curses. We're going to break these mm-hmm. social cur- these spiritual, all of these different curses. We're trying to break. Do you think we put too much on ourselves? Should we focus on one thing? Or how do we do we spend our whole life trying to do this and, and we never are satisfied and never happy? What do you think about all this? Because you posted, reposted uh, it. So, yeah, I like my, he be dropping some gems. He's a uh, business coach, does great work now here in Atlanta. Um, works with small businesses help them grow their brands and things of that nature he does seminars it's not not motivational speaking more so like business strategy he helps with i don't think we put too much on ourselves 
um i don't think that we know how to communicate right. it in other ways other than right. uh no sleep till i die or right. to, to, to whatever it may be i just don't think that the terminology is correct mm. when we say that you, you essentially killing yourself to be successful mm-hmm. which is not a good thing mm-hmm. however we more than any other race of people in my opinion have to be more cognizant of those things that i put in that that he put in that post that i reposted is because we don't really we're not getting breaks in my opinion so it's what i call and what white people would challenge when you talk about white privilege Mm -hmm. some white men are born with the ability like you're kind of alluding to like i don't have to worry about any of that I don't have to worry about a generational curse. I don't have to worry about any of that that you're talking about because I'm good. My dad was good. My granddad was good. All I got to do is wake up. Of course, I got to put forth effort to what I want to do. But all that other shit that you just asked me about, is it too much? I don't have to worry about that because of white privilege, because for generations, I have been set up to do so. So I don't think it's too much for us to have to worry about that if we want that to happen for generations past ours. Is it going to be hard work? Yep. Is it a lot? Absolutely sometimes. However, more than taking it on, our mistakes tend to be doing it alone. So niggas feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders because we have this attitude of I got to do it or no one else is going to do it. I can't ask for help. Oh, niggas going to look at me weak if I say I don't know how to do this. We got to do a better part or better jobs to break these curses and to make it not seem like as much of a burden is sharing our experiences with each other. Being able to tell each other what it is and is it that works, that doesn't work for us. And it won't seem so stressful that like you out here by yourself, because I know one of the biggest problems, even for me, it's a personal. I try to do everything alone. Like, I don't need your help. I don't need your opinion. I've started reading this book here lately, though, as far as. um how to get stuff done and it's using people and expertises to complete your idea not you being and having your hands on every little thing that's not how you get stuff done so to answer your question in a very long-winded way i don't think at all that that's too much but i do think that we need to learn as people how to compartmentalize how to handle it how to have high level conversations to steal a phrase from i got 19 keys about how to get this type of stuff done we can sit there and talk all day about Kyrie Irving and we can talk about the celebrity gossip and Young Thug's case and all of this bullshit. But when it's talking about, okay, how we build this business together? I got 2000 Do you got 2000 Can we put this 4000 together and make 8000 by the end of the month without doing nothing illegal, nothing crazy? What ideas do you have? Hey, man, I took this investment on. It made me a couple of dollars. You may want to look into it. Here's how you set it up. These are the conversations that can be had that don't make this stuff seem so daunting that don't make this shit seem like such of a task having conversations with the people around you you love is going to be beneficial to you mm-hmm. that way you breaking those curses because one it's on your mind in the forefront you want to be talking about it but still too you tapped in it's like a a real life internet you getting real life information from people who are trying the same thing i think most of the time we don't even know that we're on the same page with people because we're not communicating with each other mm-hmm. You don't know that somebody could get you to this next phase of what you're trying to do because you sitting over here trying to do it by yourself and looking at all this shit and got all these studies that you're trying to do. So, no, I don't think it's a lot. I don't think it's a burden at all. I just think that we need to learn how to maneuver better. 
very long winded answer. Does that answer your question? It does answer the question. So you're saying it's not too much, it's too much for one person. Exactly. Okay. And sometimes we feel like we have to be that one yeah. person because yeah. our families are so divided. Yeah. Like yeah. we so got so many single That's parent exactly households. That's exactly what I was about to go. Yep. Facts. And one man, this struck me, and this is I'll get into my question that I have for you before we get into the sensitivity yeah. about disciplining your child because this this Ooh. what made me this what made me ask that right. I right. saw a situation. I was talking to his kid. And right. It was just like it was very stern. It was like real stern. And it kind of bothered me because, you know, he was, he was, the guy was right in having the conversation with the little kid, but it was just like how he was saying it. It was just like, for lack of a better word or more understanding, it was just mean. It just sounded mean. Now, I know as a parent, probably sometimes you do have to be mean, right? But how do you have a conversation with your child where you're trying to teach them and elevate them and make them better? In a disciplinary fashion versus whooping them, yelling at them, putting them down, telling them they should have did this, they should have did that. And what made me think of it, I saw this guy talking, you know, to, I think it was his stepdad. I was like, that little kid, that little boy, man, he he probably don't even know how to talk to a man, right? Like 13, 12 years old, he's probably never had a conversation. Man's never really sit him down and talk to him like he was a man. People probably have always addressed him like a little boy. Mm-hmm. So, when a little boy act like a little boy, a man's get frustrated by that because oh, you ought to be doing man shit. You ought to be doing this. You ought to be doing that. You acting like this. Well, where would he learn that from? Like if you talking to him like this, mm-hmm. probably ain't got a lot of friends because he don't seem like just like the most popular kid. And this is a lot of assessments that I've made just in the past by like just looking at the situation. It's just mm-hmm. me thinking this. But where would they learn to quote unquote be cool at? Where would they learn to make friends, learn to be a man, learn to get up and like look good? You know what I'm saying? Take care of yourself. Go in there and take a fucking bath. You know what I'm saying? Clean your room up. Like make sure the shit is around you. Like, how do you relay those things to your daughter of what she's supposed to be doing as a woman from your eyes as a man without it being too heavy? And I know your daughter's just three, but just as a parent, how do you take those approaches in, in disciplinary moments? Well, she's eight. Oh, damn. Wait, uh, <laughs> she's a third grader. <laughs> Thinking she in pre-K. This man think he think he think I'm twenty something. She's three. Nah, I'm but I'm putting uh, y'all all like five. All the way, yeah. That's all right. Some people ain't just some people ain't good with the numbers. Nah, but um, yeah, I'm definitely not a numbers guy. Um, but you're right. This and you know, yeah. So I think first off with the young boy. You remember you, you know, you you not growing up with with the father in your household. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember how, and I always tie it to music because music is so it's so deep. You know what I'm saying? So spiritual to me, like, and it's so practical. We don't have those examples, and I'm not putting this on rappers or musicians to step in and be the fathers of the fatherless. So that's not what I'm saying. However, I people always say, "Man, I didn't, I I never met my father," so. I, I would, I would, this music fathered me and I think about that as a section of this where it's like what rappers do we have now that can really father these generations a lot of these rappers probably suffer from the same cycle they didn't have a father that's why you see these little boy type things yeah I hit I hit so I hit so and so or oh uh, yeah I, you know I had to get you know certain scenarios just not, just not manly behavior just not right. manly behavior you know what I'm saying and so uh 
when it comes to the young boy, yeah, it, it is rough. But I think that, like, there's some young boys at, at my church, and uh, there's just been some issues with, like, the mother and some other members, and she kind of been back and forth about keeping them there and not keeping them there. And, you know. Keeping them in the church? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, people like take foster it, care? No, like, 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 just bringing them there for the service. You know what I'm saying? Because we try to. My guess would be the oldest is probably, I'd probably say 14, oh. 12. Oh, maybe 10, seven, and like okay. three or four year old or something like that. About five of them. But I enjoy seeing them, you know. Right. And when I see them, the first thing I do, I try to give them a fist pump, you know, get that connection with them right away. It's like, yo, we're building a rapport. I want you to look forward to seeing me. I look forward to seeing you. And let me let me holler at y'all. Let me let me see what's going on. And then from that point on, you know, focus on the objective. Uh, right. And even then, with that, she right. she did end up moving them out, saying like, so oh, because of whatever issue she had with somebody else at the church. Uh, I'm not coming back. So by by that, they're not coming. However, when Christmas came, we still had bags with their names on it, and we delivered it to them, and we were able to get to see them that uh, the next Sunday. And so I said that to say When you're dealing with the young boys You gotta show them love Like when I was working at the school I was dealing with a lot of troubled boys Like they were troubled for real Like I had one dude Like he wasn't supposed to even be in that grade He was supposed to be an 8th grader in 6th grade And he looked like it too He was tall, he was bigger than me And he didn't really know how to read and write And I knew what triggered him He wasn't comfortable You know it's like don't call on me don't do these things because then i'm gonna lash out i'm gonna act a certain way i start using this type of language um so i think that any of us men and more specifically black men when we're dealing with young boys even if you find them like yo like dang they sagging they cussing they acting any kind of way find a way like we talked about it before you said find out their interests so when it comes to disciplining my daughter yeah sometimes you're going to raise your voice and she rarely gets you know a whooping like that's not you have to really have showed your ass today to get a whooping like it's it's very rare like um however i can't you you so you do whoop your child yeah not often but yeah she'll get by yeah, like a couple, couple licks a couple licks whap, whap. yep and uh so but when it's not that it's like okay i'm raising my voice and like hey I'm trying to talk to her on an academic level I'm going to paint the picture of how they're going to look at you. You're smarter. Mm. You're smarter than this. You know this. You know what they think? They're going to think, oh, you're not supposed to be here. Let me hold you back. Let me. I'm going to do that first. Let it marinate. Then. So how do you do that without hurting her feelings? Though? Like, how do you do that without making her feel less than? Well, here's and the then, thing. And okay. two part question. Mm hmm. Do you worry about because I, I saw you was about to go there, so I want to make be specific. Mm -hmm. You do you or do you not worry about hurting her feelings and her maintaining that resentment for a long time? Because I can still remember it. I, bro, I'm 40. Mm -hmm. I can still remember some of the shit my mama said to me at eight, mm -hmm. nine, ten. Like that's how cut, deep it cut. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have some of the same similar experiences. That's how we are. So do you take that into consideration during those moments or are you just like too angry to even consider that like give me a thought process of that boy great question great question um i don't have really that with my mom she's probably said some things but i just kind of 
it always came back down to because whatever she said it's always a so you know on our soprano pod we talk about in at the end the overall everything about it this phrase sums it up so my mom the phrase that sums it up no matter what she said that may have hurt my feelings at the time what the phrase that sums it up for me being a, a young boy is it's not that you're not smart you're not trying you're not applying yourself so no matter what she said like come on like i mean we had flashcards, and after about four, three or four wrong she goes to the room pull get the dresser grab the belt and sits back in front of me with the chair and says okay now if you get this next one wrong i'm not playing because she's a single mom with three kids back to back to back i'm i ain't got time i'm tired Asked Did you guy. know it though? Were you being lazy or was like that's that's the part that I don't understand though. Okay. Because what? as a parent, how do you know when like maybe and I'm not trying to even be funny here, but maybe you have a, a learning disability. Mm-hmm. And, and I am you're a very intelligent man. I'm just saying mm-hmm. a scenario as to where you're going to get a belt, how does that solve the problem? It, like, it, did it make you get the answers right when she was sitting there in yeah. front of you with it? <laughs> yeah. So you weren't trying. She was yeah. right. She was right. Because so she knows your personality, you're see, her kid. There's a thing okay, that makes sense because your kid came out of you. That's that's the underrated right? factor. Like people think that it's like it's not like you adopted this child and you had to figure out everything from score. No, your traits are in there as well as the mother's traits. You know mm. some of the mother's traits, but there's some unidentified traits that she can only identify uh, or reveal, and vice versa. So you'll under. So with my child, I understand her lack of interest. So I'll see certain things and I know it's like, no, you smart enough. You just don't care about this. And then mm. on the other side, her mother will see and say she is smart and studious because she is. And when she gets in that bag of getting in that rhythm with her mask, she got it. Mm-hmm. So you you take in account those traits. You can't overlook those traits. It's not like you're starting from square zero. You see what I'm saying? Because it's genetic. Now, when you take the genetics away from it, then, okay, like, here's my traits, here's your traits. But then you say, okay, I don't know what this is. That's when you start have to raise a flag and say, okay, we might be have to look into. And we've had that. We've had that even with our child. Like, okay, maybe we need to take a closer look here because she is trying to. Something's not connecting here. However, I guess that's why I'm not a parent. I'm way too analytical because for me what would bother me more than them getting it right in that sense using your mom's thing for a scenario like why don't you care about this like you do understand that this is beneficial to you you should have like what would bother me more as a parent and probably again why I overthink way too much to have had kids now mm-hmm. it's like I, I even if I went and got that building you got it right now my question would be okay well why the fuck weren't you trying when we sit here for 20 minutes and you was acting like you didn't know like why are you disinterested in this you know what they're gonna say talk to me about the, i don't know because uh, i used to say that. I don't know. that's what i used to exactly. do and i, I never understood <laughs> exactly. i never understood why i used to make my mom so mad until i got older when motherfuckers yeah. hit me with, oh, what the know. fuck you mean you don't bro know. that blows <laughs> <laughs> bro i talked about but here's the thing so so oh, so look here's the thing that i'm getting to with it though looking back at it as a kid now being this age and us talking about it is not that I didn't know mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable saying it to my mom yeah because of the disciplinary facts you know you will get your ass whooped if you say the wrong thing and mm-hmm. asking that question like if motherfucker asked you 
your mom asked you, well, why did you do this? And you're like, shit, because then give a good reason. You're going to get your ass. <laughs> well, yeah. Problem. Yeah. So then you resort to the I don't know. And I guess my problem is and what had me thinking about this is that it plays like you start to do that later in life. Mm-hmm. Now at work, when you're not interested, when you don't like your job versus figuring out why you're not interested in this anymore, what you could be interested in you resort to or some people resort to waiting to be disciplined then they get their act together mm-hmm. you have that problem in relationships too a lot of people do that in relationships they poke yeah. and poke and try to get away with stuff mm-hmm. until they're disciplined by their mate mm-hmm. they're waiting on that disciplinary action mm-hmm. to have to act right so well but you know i always say change doesn't come before negativity yeah. See, the neg- negativity is what ultimately raises the flag of, okay, something needs to change here. Unfortunately, those scenarios like that, well, this has to happen for this to happen. Oh, you know, Martin Luther King uh, is like, well, we need you guys to see Selma. We need you to see it on public television. These things are happening and we're not doing anything for change to come. There's so many moments and things that unfortunately has to happen in a negative way to produce positive change and in that moment of getting you know swapped with the belt to get this multiplication answer right sure we can get to the foundational reason but the real the reality of situation is as a middle schooler i don't know why i don't care i don't have the i don't have the viewpoint mental capacity capacity to to fathom that right now all I got so right here, now is how can I get old girl? How can I to do make this. my outfit look good? How can I make <laughs> sure I, 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 I get to breakfast in the morning? You know what I mean? Like, But see, here's the thing about that that I think affects us long term and should make us look at how we handle these interactions with our kids since we were talking about generational curses. Mm-hmm. For me, I know now that I'm looking back on it, if it had been explained to me, just like what you were saying with your daughter, I'm not whooping your ass because you don't know it. I'm whooping your ass because you're not trying. And I know that. But that was not. Kids don't understand that. That's hard Mm -hmm. for kids to understand. They think that, oh, I'm supposed to know this. I don't want to feel dumb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Versus, well, even if you get it wrong, I need you to try. Mm -hmm. I need you to start like working shit out in your head, coming to a conclusion. Then we can figure out what Mm -hmm. you're doing wrong and we can fix that. I don't mm-hmm. think enough kids know when they're being disciplined. It's not because of you don't know this. I ain't beating you getting your ass whooped because yeah. you can't come up with the answer. It's that you're not trying to come up with the answer or because you're making this less important and you're making less important stuff more important. Mm-hmm. Like the focus of it. If I had yeah. known then that the discipline was because of lack of focus mm-hmm. versus just not having the capabilities, then maybe I would be more focused as an adult. But the focus doesn't meet your bottom line so no matter i feel like if my your mother my mother if your mother my mother me as a parent like says hey Mm -hmm. this is the reason i'm i'm going to spank you because you need to focus here Mm -hmm. oh i get it ma because i need to because i need to graduate it's like (laughs) it doesn't matter because that's not my bottom line right now so even well, I if they you, honed it being in. Productive, being a productive child is your bottom line, right? You wanted to be tapped in, grow a friend. No, fan, not the parent. Base. The, I'm talking about okay. the child. What you mean? you're saying the child doesn't understand why they're being disciplined. Right. So you're saying. I'm saying that, that if the parent did a better job of explaining it to the child, 
maybe they would pick it up and there would be less frustrating moments and the longevity of them acting like they don't know shit wouldn't be long because they know that's not an answer i need you to try bro like if someone like very simply had said that to me at 9 10 11 now i probably would have a lot different of a mindset when it comes to difficult tasks or mm -hmm. things that are presented to you like sometimes i can just go fuck that i'm not i'm not doing that mm -hmm. i know everything it's gonna take to get that done like no i'm not doing it that's got something to do with childhood trauma and generational curses because we don't take the time out to explain like no shit is hard like it shit is going to be difficult you need to try and figure this out mm -hmm. so okay just and my I, opinion on but that. I do, again i don't have kids so right, I don't but, but, but i think you raise great questions though and i think that yeah. i look forward to if you so choose to you know make that step i so look forward to that process and and us still linking and connecting and, and seeing yeah, how it goes and thing, and that generation curses thing is real because the the men in my my father's side of the family they all have been like very promiscuous uh very infidelic and i'm like mm -hmm. the one the one you're breaking that curse i'm breaking that curse so Shout i out to I, you man and so i've had conversations with my wife and sometimes she'd think she's had times where she thought like i'm just saying it but i'm like it's really a thing though because that monster that's inside of me the same one i noticed in them was like something just pulls them to go and step out and do these things or to operate this in marriage too like not just you know what i mean i know what's in me however i understand what what the what the weight is and i i don't want to be that you know what i'm saying and we'll have another conversation on maybe generational curses or generational uh, habits or something of that nature on another episode. I know I say that a lot, but that may be a thing as well. Um, but yeah, so that that's actively what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, one last thing forward. to do with the zeitgeist per se, as mm -hmm. I put it, before we move into the, the sensitivity projects. But this is a good segue mm -hmm. going right into it. One of your questions about sensitivity was is society too sensitive mm -hmm. i want to piggyback that question off something that happened on monday night with the football game mm -hmm. um you not being a big sports fan did you see were you following the coverage of the guy that had cardiac went into cardiac arrest on the field yeah what what'd you think did you have any takeaways from it it ain't mandatory if you didn't it's, it's okay i just no i mean i i wasn't I wasn't super invested because I'm not that much in the sports. Uh, I know people have been back and forth about the idea of continue the game, stop mm -hmm. the game. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it's just a deeper thing on the capitalism as far as like, hey, we've already got agreed things that are so far down the line as far as promotions, <laughs> ads, you know, who's invested in these. It's so much more moving plays that I think that's why the lack of sensitivity was there. That That's just my short take on why that that wasn't there well i feel like that it was oversensitive and right. because i am one of those analytical thinkers 100 percent feel play football from 7 to 18 i played for 11 years i stopped playing because i felt like it was too dangerous i knew i wasn't going to college i, I knew i wouldn't and to make money but I, I knew that i didn't have a professional career in front of me i knew how i felt after i played football and football games after doing it for 11 years mm -hmm. so i made the decision to stop playing for my safety and health so i say that to say looking at that i definitely feel sorry for them have had it seen it happen in person before 
but there is a conversation to be had since this is the number one sport in america about what's next and what i saw happening around the situation that made me think about the sensitivity part was people were jumped like skip bayless for example i'm not sure if you know who that is he's yeah. a sportscaster for fox this, news this guy. <laughs> i love it the narrative i don't yeah. know anything about sports <laughs> tell me you don't watch sports so you know I know. but skip, no skip Shannon, bayless oh yeah. yeah skip put a tweet a tweet out and it was maybe five minutes the guy's still on the ground he's still out there but he was questioning you know what do we do now it's late in the season this game can't be rescheduled like this is gonna affect the playoff race and at the end of the tweet he said it all seems so irrelevant now right so he was showing and, and and acknowledging that this had happened but he was still posing the question of what do we do next like what's gonna happen next mm-hmm. and that man is under fire they're calling for his job like be. never like, that's what I wanted to get to and I figured mm-hmm. you may say that mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about with the sensitive society yeah I just felt like he didn't phrase it the way that people wanted to be phrased but he wasn't being insensitive mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so when you that ask a society <laughs> when you ask in this question and we can get into it is society too sensitive or not sensitive enough I think that we are way too sensitive nowadays mm-hmm. I agree. with the between PC culture and wanting to cancel someone Mm -hmm. oh is this you with Mm -hmm. the this you shit that i mentioned on twitter we're way too sensitive nowadays to even have a proper conversation about some stuff Mm -hmm. even with this Mm -hmm. like yeah it is a bad time to have the conversation about all right what's going to do next when this man might be dead on the field however it's not an ignorant question to pose for someone who's in that business and that's his job i don't have to feel the same way that you feel i don't have to relay it that same way i don't feel like that you can come at me for being like oh well let me ask a barely relevant question to this situation you say no five minutes after he just got hit yes he's not he he's not we don't know if he's dead or alive right and at the end of the tweet, he says, it all seems so irrelevant now, referencing the fact that everything that I just said doesn't matter. And we thought it did coming into this. But now there's a bigger picture. Shut your ass and, up. And, and please believe, I, man, I I don't want I hate, I don't like Skip Bayless at all. I don't want to be. Which, which, no, I, yeah, I know what you mean, though. I, you're looking at I know you always try to, you know, weigh all the options in the, in the factors. However, shut your ass up. Okay. Why do you feel the need to speak? This ain't your job. You tweeted this. Are you on camera right now? Is this your nine to five? You got your cup of coffee and your tailored suit, brother? No. Shut your ass up. Like, mm. seriously, so bro. You have, have no to reason. Cater, I have what? to cater to the majority because there are people that were thinking what, that. What is the need of you saying anything right now? Why do Analyst, you need to? I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing the Off situation. Off the clock. Yes, but that's part. I mean, you know, come on, Twitter's part of their job now, so that ain't even a, a relevant no, argument. No, nah, bro. I like, have to be analytical of be everything. Be a human going on. for a second. That's what I'm yes. saying. Yes, be a human. But what if for my human and what if my human and your human ain't the same? Why are you offended that I'm less humane than you are? I'm I'm not offended. I'm just. No, telling I ain't saying you. you. I'm speaking in general. Yeah, yeah. Why would you, Why would that offend you? Because here's what happens when you when you take light you're. You take life 
in death is the most <laughs> the most strong the strongest focal point of anything in this in this world living and dying right now things are shaky for this brother if he's lit if he's alive or dead you jumping out there saying that and you know that you are a public figure you you had it coming bro you had it coming like you want to do that wait till your job comes and you're now they're calling on you and they're act somebody is actually asking you a question you're stepping out here five minutes brother ain't off the field brother trying to see if he's even living they're trying to get him back to life for nine minutes of resuscitate and you're feeling oh we that seems like not important you're making it about you shut your ass mm. up like it's i get it if you want to say whatever that's fine F- freedom of speech say what you want to say understand you had it coming though that's it. You That's think it. he should lose his job for it? I ain't gonna say he should lose his job, uh, but I think they should do him like they do black celebrities, and, like Kevin Hart, and he should apologize. Put him on ice. He did the Put, next day. Okay. Yeah, That's cool. Well, then, that, well, there you go. That, that's it. I just think yeah. that we just. I hate that you you think you people think they're so important that we got to create an urgency to speak. Like, oh, the people need to hear. It. They don't need you. Nobody needs you. Like they they don't the the public don't need you like you think they need you. I gotta say something because get over yourself. You're never like, who who said that phrase. I don't know if it was. I think it was Charlemagne. He says you're never as great as people say you are, and you're never as never bad as bad, people say you are. So it's like, bro, relax, dude. Like you're. I, I gotta say something. I need to. I, the people need to hear the. They need to hear the skip. Like relax, dude. Like. So with that being said, you think that society is not too sensitive or it is too sensitive? I still think society is too sensitive, but I think this is just one of those moments. It's like firing. OK, that's, that's an overkill. I say that's an overkill. He don't need to get fired for a tweet that wasn't necessarily offensive. I just think that it was bad timing. Like it just it's just bad timing. Like if he said that a, a, a couple two days and tweeted that. Cool. In the moment of this brother's fighting for his life, you know what I mean? That's it. I just think it was bad timing. I don't think it was necessarily distasteful. Mm-hmm. Just bad timing. It's like that's what I mean by that's a human fair. being, like read the room. But again, like you said, I mean, everybody's human being looks different and sometimes people don't have the ability to read the room. So I get that. I just think it's bad timing. I do think society's too sensitive though. That's fair. That is definitely fair. What examples do you use to to say that? That society is too sensitive like anything stuck out to you that poked you the wrong way it made you think it is when you wrote that well i mean well i mean obviously the ig thing <laughs> but here's the interesting thing i had a conversation in the break room at my job and it's it's just about society it it's weird how society pushes this individualistic mentality about being an individual being true to yourself being uh original authentic we push that but we but at the same time we shun and we hate when somebody thinks differently we hate when people don't get along with the program of this concept called group thought we hate that what do you mean cancel them i can't believe they said i can't believe they did it's the weirdest thing that's why i can't follow the world society's agenda because it's not consistent you guys change your feelings every other day Somebody well, says this is right and it's not. And then somebody said, no, this is right. That's that's what I'm I saying. Think that part of the divisiveness, I think, comes from social media. Um okay. you follow stuff that you like, that you like to look at or IG. Mm-hmm. You follow people that share similar thoughts 
with you on Twitter. So you surround yourself with most of your friends probably have similar thought processes to you. So as you start to surround yourself and you're in a circle of people who think similar to you, when you do hear a, a different perspective because you've surrounded yourself with so much similarity, it offends you. Oh, what do you mean? What do you like? Versus Great point. having a conversation about it. Like, look at it. What we've been, it's been not even social media. It's been trickling away for a long time. You can go back to when they started Fox News. Like it wasn't good enough that we were presented with the news with an unbiased standpoint. We had to make the news where, okay, the Republicans get the news station in Fox News and then we'll give the Democrats a news station in CNBC. So you can only listen to the people who agree with you and you can only talk about rhetoric that you're going to agree with to benefit you and not hear another perspective or another side of the story. Then we get to this point where, like you're saying, now we can't agree on anything or we're trying to cancel everybody versus having a conversation communicating with people and get the thought processes of okay well what makes you say like i was talking to you earlier what makes you say that why do you think that way and on top of that i know we said that a lot of times here before and especially starting here with black men being able to understand that we don't even have to agree and i'm not offended by it you can think the way that you think and i can think the way that i think it ain't got to be a physical like confrontation about it we can agree to disagree we can have an adult conversation you can get your points off i can get my points off maybe i'll learn something from you i ain't got to agree but man, hey damn i never looked at it that way still don't agree with you but i've never looked at it that way appreciate that perspective that you provided to my life we don't take time out to do that as much as black men we too much we want to debate i'm trying to convince you of how I'll stop trying to convince niggas to see how I see. Everybody calls me a contrarian in our group. Oh, you always, because you always disagree. I'm trying to just offer a different perspective and have a conversation to well-round my friends. But I don't do want you, all of us to agree on all the same things. But do We you should think, be well-rounded enough where we can have a conversation as to where, okay, I can see why you say that, you know. But do you think but that by always necessarily being open to everything all the time as far as a, a, a perspective do you think that that can hurt your character because you don't stand for anything because your mind is always ready to change if you hear a perspective that is willing to move you from what you stood on that's a great question I heard a great quote pertaining to that it's like a change in mind is a thinking mind mm-hmm. So if I'm able to sit and consider something and change my mind, I've given it considerable thought. At least you would think so. Like, you don't change your mind on a whim, but after a long, thorough conversation and communicate with somebody, if you change your mind, I mean, you able to think through something. There are principles that you have, stuff that you stand on that you don't waver from Mm -hmm. to your point about character and how you view. So I think if you stand on those principles that you have and you don't waver from those, but there are other things that aren't as serious that aren't principles that people try to die on that hill and it's just not necessary you can have a conversation and come to an agreement or come to a conclusion as to hey, but we're just not going to agree but you can still get perspective from it so no I don't think it affects you as long as you have your core principles in place what okay. do you think okay yeah I agree like because I think principles kind of it's kind of like that compartmentalizing thing where it's like no mm-hmm. these things are yeah, you know you got your core stuff. You got yes, your stuff. That's that you okay. That's forward. that's what I was trying to kind of see because I, I didn't know. You know what I'm saying if everything like, ain't with no Spike nigga gonna be able to on the front line of I'm willing. No, to no, no. Like ain't no nigga sense. gonna be able to convince me to like I oh, mean hitting your woman is 
year now, okay. then you might need to smack your girl. Like, bro, relax. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, <laughs> I'm I saying like that. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so just de- debatable things. You got your core, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. My question, my next question too, uh, where do you think the timeline kind of began where we started to get more sensitive in the public and like this extra PR always feeling the need to give these apologies like when Donald Trump got elected and eight years ago when he got elected and all mm. the coverage that we got from him mm. how offended everybody acted by every fucking thing that he said mm. and the 24 hour coverage of him and oh I gotta agree with him just cause it's Donald Trump and the like, it's just from there I feel like it's just been on steroids people mm. trying to disagree and the disagreement is the is the the ticket that brings everybody in oh look they're arguing about this oh look i agree with him oh look i agree with him versus having a um regular normal conversation what point do you say like you i probably have a, say a point on the timeline i think that's where it probably hit the golden era of sensitivity but i think it's gonna be a weird one but i'll probably say the kanye taylor swift i think that that mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I think because I think we, we I don't have to go into it. We know that 2010 or 2009, you know, awards and stuff. You I think mean, people overreacted to that? They definitely did. It's an award show, right? Because things didn't go how y'all planned it, or y'all didn't like the way he he was like he said. It's the imagery of it, though. It's the I imagery. It. It's the big because it's black, like black scary man. Trump, it's the King man. Kong, the King yeah. Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Recognize that I'm a proud monkey. Now. uh but like yeah the, the scary black man with all this weird haircut that's drunk with the Hennessy comes up here and he tries to correct this America's uh, you know sensation doll uh, you know up and comer uh, Taylor Swift and you know he said I, 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 sorry I'm gonna let you finish in a minute but Beyonce had one of the best what do you say videos albums of all time one of the two but nonetheless he wasn't so do you think that that trickles down like, do you think that white people see that and treat you differently in corporate America? Compare, <laughs> especially like combining with oh. Will Smith, like like they there's this aggressive black. Like, well, I better be careful. It's, he might come up and smack me if I say something. Like, do you find that you've been like because you work with white people? Like, I do right? work with white people. I'm the only black in office. And you've mentioned before about like one of the guys having questionable commentary that you had to check him on. It was slightly racist, no? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was. Yeah. So do you think that events like that Kanye West stuff? Because that's why that event, I do see why people overreact because it does look crazy. I get it. But it's like little innocent white girl. And ain't Kanye nobody innocent, know. though. That's the problem. Like, ain't nobody innocent. Y'all I mean, think she's, she's did a She's did. Well, she's marketed as that. Exactly. There we go. PR. That's nobody's so marketed innocent. as that. Come on, True. brothers, sisters, man. All have seen it come short of the glory of God. Brothers and sisters. Come on, it's now. easy. <laughs> it's on. easy when that happens to continue a false narrative about black men. Though. Yeah, That's yeah. what my problem was. It's easy for a false narrative to be presented when you see Will Smith go smack Chris Rock at an award show that like I oh, they're animals, man! I wish, I, ah, man! I wish we was potting <laughs> in, cause boy, I had a lot to say about that boy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to revisit that. <laughs> like I had a lot to, to say. People was like dogging them, and I did not feel the same way as a husband. Uh, <laughs> but you know what, uh, man? We can talk about it a little bit, cause I talked about it on. Um, I think it's the Mike Salone or one of the. We talked oh, about man. it with the dead end guys. I'm the same way as you, bro. Like, especially knowing the history of it. Like Chris Rock had had 
mm-hmm. previous history with Jada Pickett before mm-hmm. where he's offended her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if I, as a man, just like not even as I'm not a husband, but even as a yeah. man, it's a relationship. Like, bro, if you if love my your girl is significant, offended, yeah, you gotta, you have a problem with me too. Yeah, like, I can't sit here and be like, baby, so you overacting, baby, relax. No, I'm gonna go smack the shit out of Chris Rock. Like, because if you gotta happen, because if you clowning, if you this is not this is see this is not your stand up bit, bro. You, this is not stand up. This is what is this the Oscars? This is the Oscars. You here to give out awards for those that act? All right. Let me ask you this: Would it be more acceptable had he thrown a warning shot? Had he been like, "Hey, man, that's my wife, bro. Move on." Like you think to the public digested it better to the the public. If if he could do it, because Chris Rock seemed like one of those niggas that be like, "Oh, he getting mad. Let me throw one more in there. Then you can go smack him." But in the sense of always just that joke. Again, I still get it too, though. Like I would, I. Yeah, but here's I here's the risk you run, though. You ain't got to go home with my wife. I yeah, do. but 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 here's the risk that you run too. Yeah. Let's just say he went on stage and uh-huh. grabbed the mic out of his hand, moved to the side, said, "Hey, bro, listen." Like the whole show paused. Maybe they went to commercial. Yeah, yeah. And he talked to him, and he'd be like, "Hey, yo, bro, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth." Right. I mean it. That's right. it. That's the end of. It. Mm-hmm. And then commercial mm-hmm. comes back. I run the risk of Chris Rock now turning that into a bit. <laughs> Smacking. Then, then I'm gonna beat the shit out of him. <laughs> that's the. Nigga, so I think that that's nigga's been to see the, the bottom of these Tom Fords at this award show. That's what he's gonna get. And that's why I think that's the possibility. It's like, nah, I can't run the risk of you spinning the block. You know what I'm saying on this joke? No, I get it. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not sure, especially in the moment, if I would be mature enough to be like, "Hey, man, that's my wife," and and try to verbally squash the situation. Like, yeah. to me, what he did was acceptable. Like, to me, right, it was like too. you, you run the you, risk. Like, you you yep. don't offend another man's woman. Like, I I was I I was taught that in my like we talk about family. Like, you don't do that, bro. Nah, that's like, way out not, of That's not your place. Yep. You don't talk about somebody's kids, and you don't talk about they 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 a significant other, bro. Like, that mama, they kids, mama, yeah, wife. Mama, yeah, yeah, none of that, bro. Yeah, like it's no, you know, just me and so. Uh, but yeah, I, I was well. Then okay, well, I guess we agree on that. <laughs> you know, it was definitely on the same page, there. Yeah, and I am. Uh, in full disclosure, I don't like Chris Rock at all. I, 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 never, I don't either. <laughs> I think he's one of the most overrated comedians that there is. Oh, uh, me too, like, bro. Oh yeah, man. Like, I, I feel like I feel like he does black comedy that white people want to see. That's a fact. Like I think that he's a, a white black comic. Like I I joke yeah. about black stuff that's funny to white people. I don't yeah. think that he really relates to black people. Bro. Black people. Bro, I said okay, so I get see the layers are here because I feel exactly the same way. I was just like, even it's even weird when he makes jokes about black people. It even feels yeah, like, like it's a white person. Like his shit, yeah, it's, it's like, like catering to a group full of white people. Yep. Yeah, like you on some Paul Mooney type. I don't know, like you on something else, bro. But uh, rest mm-hmm. in peace, Paul Mooney. But yeah, I never liked Chris Rock. I mean, I, I did like him when he did that movie. I thought that was probably the blackest thing he did, like head of state. But outside of that, it was just <laughs> that, was <funny. laughs> that was good. But there was another that, movie that was funny that he had, like I think that he was playing a comedian or something. That was pretty good. I okay. can't remember that though. It was like I mean, Martin. I mean, he was in Pootie Tang. He was cool in there. That was the worst movie I've ever seen. Easy. Well, it's not meant to be good. <laughs> See, yeah, that's what I, I was not in on yeah. the joke. Now it, it's it's the it. black uh, Austin Powers or whatever. Like that's what they were going for. Like it's I was, I it's was, a terrible movie, but I couldn't believe it bro, was that bad, bro. But that the funniest part though, I ain't even a fan of it. But like when they said 
this is Pootie Tang's new song. And it's it the fake nothing. song. The fake song bro, was the funniest part. Like, bro, it's like, oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> this ain't a podcast. That's right up there. Tang. That's right up there with um, Atlanta and the Invisible Car. Yep. That shit was brilliant. Oh. And the, the Invisible Car was fucking amazing, bro. They, I, was I don't know how they did that. I don't know how they did it, bro. But man, that, shit that was, was great, crazy. man. Yeah, that was man. great. Black creative. But so do. You, do you think that black men are too sensitive? Let's get into that before we get out of here. Where, where, where'd you come up with that? Yeah, I do think black men are too sensitive. Yeah, I do. And I think what do you think is what do you think it stems from? Lack of a father. We're taking on the the emotions of our mother a lot of times, grandmothers, aunts, you know, the women that are in there, and we take on their strength, but we also take on. I feel like we take on the emotions of it and we see what upsets them and you know and then when they when they break it down and why they're upset and now those those issues they have become your issues now I'm upset because my mama would react this way she told me it was wrong now it's wrong to me too you know or now I, I don't like it you Thanks. know and I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna do it a full justice I'm sure you could probably elaborate a little more than I can but I think that the lack of father figure lack of man in there uh, is is what makes that. I, I think I seen some comedian clip on Instagram where he's like, "Yeah, these these OGs they be talking about these these niggas these days be being like this and they be sassy and sus." It's like, man, because nigga, we was raised by women, bro. <laughs> like, what do you think this comes from? We was in the kitchen with them. We was we was trying to figure stuff out. We when we wanted to holler at girls, we had to talk to our mamas. Like when we wanted to do these things. So it's like this is what that generation comes from, bro. You know what I mean? The lack of a father in there to kind of teach that and and help you not be so sensitive. Seeing your father not being so sensitive helps you not be so sensitive. And I was a sensitive kid. Well, that is you hit the nail on the head. I've had this conversation before and it brings everything full circle going even back to what I asked you about the discipline. The lack of a father in the household, like you said, most men we don't know how to conduct ourselves because you didn't see a man conducting himself full time I'm talking about Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like you said a full time daddy in the house and what made me wonder and why I asked you that and I think you made just you made an awesome point right there in my relationship a long time ago my girl pointed out to me you you are that this is that this ain't I can't put it a good way, but I can explain it once I say it. <laughs> but like you know how like what you were just saying, how sometimes it's like that you want to go back and forth, like with your girl, because you you know you right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You you yeah. know that you right. Yeah. But that can be taken as sassy sometimes. Oh uh, yeah. And I had to understand because I didn't grow up with men. Men don't do that. Or shouldn't be doing it. That's not how we communicate. Mm-hmm. Men and women communicate different. But since there is a lack of a father presence in the house, a manly presence for us not to see that, because mm-hmm. we've seen our moms and aunties and cousins and stuff going back and forth with each other, you now, and I know I was victim to this, mm-hmm. we now fall victim to, oh, I have to be right in the conversation so I can be sassy and snappy and go back. And, not sassy, that's feminine, but snappy. Like a snappy going back and forth with your woman. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how unmasculine that was until my girl pointed it out to me. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like like what we was talking about with being right and asking another question. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was doing that. 
But what I had come to realize and understand is like men don't communicate like that or shouldn't be communicating like that mm -hmm. with a woman, especially or especially with each other. Mm -hmm. You see men having these little snazzy, yeah. snappy back and forth conversations yeah. now. And you absolutely hit a fucking home run when you said that. And it's what made me question about the discipline. I was looking at that little boy and now I'm thinking about this and what you just said. We don't ever learn how to truly communicate with one another, especially early on when it's someone that we respect. Mm -hmm. Like we're communicating with our friends as children or black men that grew up with our fathers in the mm -hmm. household. So there's a different type of rhetoric and language and just everything that you use versus you talking to an older black man with presence in your life that you respect. Mm -hmm. He's going to teach you because he is a man how to talk to him. And because that person wasn't in the household for the majority of us, you're absolutely right. We have a generation of sensitive ass black men mm -hmm. that don't know how to communicate, not even just with our women, but with each other. Mm -hmm. Like I saw this clip of this dude, um, niggas with mics, random ass podcast clip <laughs> that I saw on IG. And the nigga was like, so you expect me to pay for everything? take you out on dates be spontaneous be fun and take care of all the bills yes nigga you're a man right I like really, if you're uh, dating on, a woman we, we wait 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 let me finish let me nail my point though all right if you're dating a woman that you don't want to do those things for i'm not speaking to capability i'm saying won't if you're capable to do that and you don't want to then you're with the wrong woman like, cause to me, that's the bare minimum. A man is a provider. If I was able to provide and just pay all the bills, are you good? Mm -hmm. That works. Cause one, no real woman would let you do that. She gonna make sure y'all like, if you doing all that, then I'm paying for the trip. So I'm paying for your, like you fresh everything in the closet. I done went out and shopped out. Like, because you have provided her with a safe space to be able to take care of and make a home. So I wouldn't have a problem at all if the capability was there to pay for everything, to be spontaneous, to buy gifts, to take you out on dates. That's my responsibility as a man. I'm supposed to make you feel like that, quote, excuse my language, that bitch, mm -hmm. right? So that's what the expectation was. And because we don't have that dominant male presence as much in the life, we think that that's not required. Like that's going above and beyond when you're just talking about the basic shit of being a man. But problem. we never turn. We don't learn that from yeah, anywhere. Yeah. And uh, you was even finna debate me on this. So no, tell I'm, me, but but, but what I'm you still about that. I'm, but I see what you're saying as far as the snappiness there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, those men that are like that, I don't think that that is so much snappy as it is. We're in a generation now where you're not doing your part. So now I got to reconsider the part that I'm doing on the, on the providing it. And we see mm -hmm. that more and more. We, we, they want all these things however on your end you're not holding up your end I asked you to make me a sandwich you look at me crazy <laughs> what? we make your own see, sandwich that, I think that's a part of it though no that that's but we talk my requirements the requirements that I have like what you're saying make yeah. me a sandwich I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do I don't even think that you're going to have to ask for a sandwich to be made the sandwich is going to be made Right. So if you're not getting the things that you are expecting <laughs> and you're doing everything and you're doing everything that this you think funny. you're supposed to be doing, yeah. then a communication problem is a communication problem. Right. I mean, like you'd be talking like I'm expecting this. 
Like I'm I'm breaking my back, putting this whole household on my back. So mm-hmm. there's an expectation level that you're not needing. Yeah, but it's something there. Versus versus there. being snappy and versus going back. Cause I think we just niggas do that shit too to they get in they like they don't communicate properly what they're expecting. That too. Women and, do a much better job of communicating their expectations. Yes. And as men, we sometimes get offended by it. Like, oh, I can't believe she asked about. Yes, nigga. Why are you offended by what she want? But they be. But they, like, if but, you can't do it, then keep moving. That's true. Oh, yeah. But I think also they be offended too on like when it is a man that can communicate it, and then it's like, now nah, first you do this, then you know what I mean. And I think that okay, stop right there. Stop right there. Yeah. How much do you like this woman then? Cause yeah, okay, I'm a, like, and and I was I talking about this with one of my fun. homeboys. Okay, but let me. Here's yeah. a a hypothesis to why I say that women are born born with value because they have that thing in between their legs that every man is gonna want from them at some point mm-hmm. in their life. Mm-hmm. Whether she knows how to use it or not, women are born with value. Mm-hmm. To some man, she's valuable because he wants something that she has, and she can. A man has well. to facts that too. A man has to show his value. Okay. You have to present that you are a valuable enough person. So when you're saying mm-hmm. that she's like, oh, well, you need to do this and the third. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Because she has she, her value is right there in being a woman. So now you have to show her that you have value as well. Now I can ask for those things that are required in being a man. I think as men, sometimes we kind of it's not a competition with women bro like their requirements that, that are there to being with women and being in relationships and niggas just chase pussy and don't really focus on the requirements <laughs> of what it should be i'm with it i just think that we got to start establishing requirements on the end because what you got got there is not enough and that that too needs to be but again what you mean because you got the, so what you got that every woman got that so what it's like that that's your value because of yeah, that or because you could bring men, life men can't get around Men no, ain't I, around I, no and I'm not, and I and I get that. I really do. However, if we're talking about longevity and trying to create something more than this, in whatever point, whatever uh, situation that looks like, I think that I agree. Okay, getting your bag, young man, like black man, getting your bag when it comes to that. Show you, show your value. However, once you start showing your value, I think that what happens is we wait for them to uh, acknowledge. Oh, you've done these things. This is your value. And sometimes they don't acknowledge it soon enough. And so then that's why I feel like you get the man starting to get a little snappy, like, okay, well, what are you gonna do? Or what what are you doing? And it's like, because I've already established my value, but you ain't acknowledging it yet. And so now I gotta start to kind of push the ball back in your court. Well, what about what are you doing? And I think that is what a snappy. So it is a communication. Overall, it's a communicating thing, but I think that it can't just be one side on that it will be more on the man side because that's just how it's laid out but it can't just be see i don't know boy i think i kind of have a problem with that because it's all we talk about as far as the family dynamic or what we strive for as a as a man mm-hmm. to steal from kevin samuels what he say high value man high value man <laughs> hey man that was great but but it, it was but what you're saying isn't high value to me. And I give, let me tell you what I mean, and I'll give you a chance to rebut this. Okay. I'm going to provide my value and, and, and show you what I want 
and be like if i want a subservient woman or if you want to be if you want a woman that's going to submit to you that's the what i was trying to find yeah you're looking for a submissive woman because you feel like that in the bible or the beyond the universe that's the structure of things god man woman child that's mm-hmm. perfect family structure right okay i can't turn around and say oh well i'm doing this and you ain't doing this that and the third she's naturally going to want to do everything that she has to do as a nurturer as the woman of that household if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing there's not gonna be a scenario where I'm doing this and I'm feeling frustrated because she's not doing her part. That means y'all are not equally aligned. There needs to be a conversation about alignment because like you said, I'm at a point, if you feel like that you're doing everything that you're supposed to do as a man, I don't have to tell a real woman what to do. I don't have to tell her my expectations. If she's, and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, she's being submissive, and falling in line to what the, what we got going on because I've shown that I can provide for her. I'm shown that I can protect for her. She's going to naturally be able to figure it out or she's going to come to you and ask you, hey, what do you need me to, what do you need from me, baby? It ain't going to be a, it, it shouldn't ever be a point in time where you're going to be right there with your woman and be like, man, I'm doing all this and you ain't doing nothing. I did this, why you didn't do that? that that's just not a, uh, uh, a properly aligned relationship to me yeah and I, I hear what you're saying i think that you're thinking from your 40 perspective and not from these young boys out here that really have a, a more of a challenge like i'm trying to find that one that that one is gonna lock it in with me but That's, it's just a lot yeah, more man, complex because i bro I, even one of my bros like he same age as me 32 like and he said like i remember like years ago i'm hanging with him and like i'm so out of touch I didn't even know. He's like, bro, it ain't it ain't nothing like that, bro. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm thinking, I'm just putting logic here. And he's breaking it down. Here's how it is. And he laid the whole thing out. I could not believe the state of pursuing out here. So, and that was years ago. So, I don't even know what it is, but I I, 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 I agree with you. What do you mean? What do you mean to say the pursuing? I'm lost. Well, it's, it's, what, what was it? Was it you? I don't it know. Was. It was it, it maybe it was you or maybe somewhere else I heard, but they was talking about no, it wasn't you, it was the Mallory Bros. But they were talking about this this guy that spoke about this whole setting of how he pr- tried to pursue this woman and he was doing like the most as far as like you know, I I, I like the picture, but then I didn't like this picture. I left a comment here or I, I went, you know, just doing the like new age, like I don't want to come off like I'm thirsty but i'm you know like the whole thing and then like the woman's like oh you know you're thirsty because you dm me just saying i like on some you liked my story type deal or like it's just a weird area of we, the, the generation not recognizing like yo this the is courting like, phase of how yes yeah, it like it's okay phase. like it, it's like i always feel like the, it's all right for a nigga to dm you and, and yeah. say hey i liked your story and it's not thirsty he ain't trying to like i see what you yeah, i just feel like it's I mean, but, okay to be liked out here like i think they they just it, that's a whole nother story but 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 i i see, see what you're saying i think I just that think goes to what learning how to the the, the proper approach to okay. i'm giving ladies a lot of credit here i'm, I'm speaking of ideal women because i just <laughs> seen a clip that, that went around it was women. like would you 
Yes, it was like they, he he was asking these room women, and he was like, um, "Would you rather have a husband that makes ninety thousand a year, or would you rather have a sugar daddy that gave you twenty k a month?" Eight women in the room. How many of them do you think said husband? They were all like the age that you're speaking of to, like the Instagram, oh you no, thirsty no. age. Like so, no. how many do you think? Correct. Correct. Wow. Correct. Wow. None of them said the husband. But I don't blame them because they are of an age. I feel like, well, hey, have fun. Don't do what you're doing. Fifty percent of marriages end in divorce anyway, right? So I don't really blame them for thinking that way. But the reason that I said that it it, it says a lot to what you were talking about as far as the mindset of the dating culture right now. Like, I don't I think, think people really looking like. No. to do that no more Go I think I think we and I've been thinking about this for a long time and, and we'll we'll chop it up off here but I think that it'd be necessary to get a black woman on here because I think that there's a mother aspect that we're missing the mother to daughter mm-hmm. concept like we talk about the father to son the lack thereof I think there's something here I, I I think there's something here bro I really do but I can't quite get into it because it's not really my space because I'm a I'm a man and I was a boy. But damn, they choosing the bag over the boy. That's crazy. Well, it makes sense, right? I get it. I mean, so if we're talking about if we go back to how we were raised and a man not being there, the natural mind state of a single parent mother is what? Get, get this money. I got to get this money. So it's what's money. she teaching her daughter? She ain't teaching her daughter, man, go get you a high value man. Some man that make ninety thousand and got good like she she teaching like get that bag. I had to get that bag. Yeah. Yeah, So but again, I'm not a woman. You're right. We would have it would be better perspective from a young Mm -hmm. woman on here that would give us that. So that was a good conversation there, man. No, I can't believe we just had that conversation. Man, that's crazy. There is yeah, hope. You know, do that relationship. There is hope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Prayer well, works. Home, man. I hope the people enjoyed that, man. That's yeah, that was dope. I think you, you, that you is took a good stand. Funny. Yeah. Uh, so my homework for you this week, Spike Lou, uh, I haven't even finished uh-huh. this, but I thought that if you're interested, you may not be. I know this whole Tory okay. May thing or whatever. We know he was sentenced. Yeah. Uh, DJ Academics, he was one of the people that was actively covering it, and he's pretty good about it. We we know that. If people don't respect him or like him or whatever, he's pretty good at his coverage. Uh, but the, he has this He had a good lady. appearance on uh, the Joe Button podcast. Yeah, bro. Like he, he he's he's elevated, bro. I, I told you, like, he was a person I never thought I'd listen to his podcast. And he so he has this lady on there, young lady on there. I can't remember her name, but she, I, I think she was even in the court case. She was covering right. the case. And she's from Texas, just like Meg. She even almost sound like her a little bit. And her stance and kind of like, because she was questioned about her uh, getting paper block. Yeah, like her paperwork. Like, But she's like, no, I just wrote everything from hand. They couldn't believe she wrote it word for word. But anyway, I think it's an interesting standpoint. I, I feel like you're into journalism. Um, I think it could be something interesting um, just from that standpoint. Uh if not, then I mean, it'll be what it be. But I, I think a, it's something. That's his podcast, all right? Yeah, it's, on Sp- it's on Spotify. Spotify. It's video and only audio. on Spotify, right? Only it's on, only Spotify. on Spotify, though. Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe. Like Joe Rogan. Yes, yeah, Spotify. All right, yeah. I'll check that out. I need some new podcasts to listen to. Mine is going to be simpler. Another note about the homework to the. Uh, 
I've been blowing people's mind with your homework suggestion on that YouTube page. Hmm. Uh, with the theory, the conspiracy, well, not conspiracy theory, but the movie theory. Oh, not yeah. Not the one the that axiom. you showed. Yeah. Not the one that you showed, but the one uh, about Old Dog. Yeah. I brought that up in New Year's Eve, man, and people was just like, were blown the fuck Bro. away. Like, what? Well, how did this? How did this? Where's the video? Let me see it. So uh, that was pretty dope, but I, I shared it with my barber. That nigga was, he he loved shit like that. He was yes. like locked in. Yes. Send it to me, man. I need to look at that again. I'm I'm finna watch uh <laughs> I'm gonna watch Menace Society again. So yeah, that was really dope, man. People were really uh, receptive to that. That's fine. Good job with that. Thank you. Absolutely. Sir. For me, homework's really simple this week. Do you like jazz? Yeah. You ever listen Ab- to jazz music? Absolutely. Oh man, this may backfire. You may have heard this. In a sentimental mood. Sentimental mood. Have you heard that? In a sentimental mood. Oh no no I don't know. Mm. Oh okay. Perfect. What's called in a sentimental mood. I'm suggesting that song. Want to know what you think? What it says to you? There are no lyrics or anything like that. If you've seen Love Jones, it's the song that's played in Love Jones. I am one of those scenes. What is going on? This is R and B Lou over here, man. What's what's up? What happened? It's not R and B. It's jazz. This is there. There is a specific. (laughs) This is foundational. It's good. Really, really really good jazz. It's like. This is easily one of my top 10 favorite songs out of any genre. Uh, 100% I listen to this at least once a week just to get my mind right. I want to know what it says to you, but in a sentimental mood, Duke Ellington and John Coltrane. Coltrane, wow. You can find it on YouTube. It's really popular. It's going to be everywhere. And um, if you want, where I first heard it was in Love Jones, the movie. One of my favorite movies. Absolutely. Spike, man. But yeah, in a cinema, I can't man. wait to hear what you think about that. Absolutely, man. Got to keep them guessing in 2023. We're going to grow this tight, thing. Man. It's tight, man. You guys have been listening to another week in the books. We are back. It's 2023, man. We're going to have a lot of good episodes for you this year. We appreciate you joining us. Tune in every Friday. Mo and I are going to chop up some good game, have great conversations, elevate the communication that we're having as black men. Yes, Mo, you want to give them anything before we get out of here? Yes, sir. If y'all haven't already, man, it was uh, it. I put it. The episode was put out yesterday, man. But go go check out the other podcast, man. Uh, Good earners uh, reviewing the Sopranos. Me and Spike reviewing the Sopranos. The pilot episodes came out. It's on YouTube as well as Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and so many more uh, of your podcast platforms. And also, you can go follow another week in the books on IG. I'm trying to get into the meme game here, kind of tying a little Friday references. And also, y'all can go check out the, the Good Earners one. It's Good Earner Pod underscore Sopranos. It's all to be in the description. If y'all Soprano fan, man, y'all gonna get these funny fixes, man. Go check out the TikTok, Charco Burget. That's where you really get more videos because for whatever reason, IG, people are not connected as much with the videos. So I put more videos on the TikTok so y'all can check that out, man. Perfect, man. Yeah, we're definitely getting that in. Thank you guys for joining us, consuming the content that we've taken the time out to create. I am Spike Lou. We out.